You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for, for Friday, October 22nd. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for going to be actually doing by the time you guys get this episode i'm going to be doing a live stream over at just baseball with my buddy arm layton who you might have heard on locked on mlb prospects and uh locked on marlins and stuff like that we're going to be streaming mario baseball that is going to be fun very very fun so check that out guys but more importantly you can check out and follow the twitter page for the show which is at lo underscore padres um obviously on twitter or my personal account which is at javapeno and that's j-a-v I-I-P-E-N-O. If you see me pointing right now, that means you're watching the YouTube. If you don't see me pointing, that means you're not watching the YouTube. And you should be. Go subscribe there. Locked on Padres on YouTube. If you want to see my ugly mug, do all sort of weird motions and what have you when recording this show, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by by, by, by one of the greats. By one of the greats, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join one of our Locked On Rooms Got them going all over the place for all sorts of shows every single week. Uh, mine, probably going to do it tomorrow at some point uh, during the, the the baseball game, probably. Who, who plays on Saturday? Let's see here. Dodgers, Braves. Yeah, maybe around like 8 o'clock. Might do that. I have to see what my work schedule is like. But anyway, guys, Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And now finally, whew, it was a long intro, a little bit of a long-winded intro, but we're talking today about last night's game and then free agency. It's as simple as that. But it's an introductory to free agency. I am not yet giving out my first picks for who I think should be the Padres free agency targets. Because to be honest with you, I think it's a little bit early. I don't know exactly what the financials of the team are going to be like. I don't know if all of a sudden we're going to get an alert that they traded Eric Hosmer away. If that happens, then they can be big spenders. If not, they can be spenders, but not necessarily the biggest spenders. You know what I mean. So it's a little bit hard to see exactly where we're going to be going with this team this summer uh, in a lot of ways and this winter, I should say. Um, but it's still going to be a lot of fun, and I figure talking about a free agency class, the prelude to free agency chaos that I'm sure we will have uh, throughout the course of the winter and the offseason, guys. But first, but first, let's talk about last night's game, guys. Last night, unfortunately, if you were hoping, and I, if you guys are watching me, I always usually have headphones on, but these are new headphones, and they're, like, really tight. So I think I'm just going to take them off. Darn. RIP to the headphone bit. I don't know, because my other ones are all messed up now. Uh, they don't really work, and they were so much looser. And honestly, these ones that my friend basically was like, yeah, get these. I got them, and I'm like, I mean, they're fine. They're Turtle Beaches. They get it done, but they're a little bit tighter and whatnot, and that kind of stinks. But anyway, last night, the Braves unfortunately could not put away the villainous Los Angeles Dodgers. The final score was 11-2 to in favor of the Dodgers, which is a little bit surprising considering that Max Freed was the pitcher for the Braves, but he struggled a little bit in this game. But here's the thing. I often I think this is the age old question when it comes to sports prognostication and judging stuff is that was it good hitting or was it poor pitching? Was it good pitching or was it poor hitting? You know what I mean? Like, what is the the point? And to me, the way I see it, I know they lost Justin Turner. I know they don't have Max Muncy and these guys, but the way I see it is with all that talent in that lineup of they they couldn't go three straight games 
with having a poor offensive output. I don't care who the pitcher is. It better be, you know, Nolan Ryan in his prime. It better be Jacob deGrom, you know what I'm saying? But instead it's Max Fried, who has been pitching well, do not get me wrong, uh, especially in the postseason. And, you know, basically every time before then, this was the most runs he's given up since like August 27th, it looks like, even before then. I mean, he basically never gave up more than three runs over six innings. He was the definition of a quality start guy. And in the playoffs, he was excellent too. Um, against Milwaukee, he went six, didn't, struck out nine, didn't give up any runs. Against the Dodgers, he was good the first time. But, you know, I guess you could say personally, the bats of the Dodgers side of things came alive. And one of the biggest ones was Chris Taylor, who hits two home runs um, in this game. A two-run home run and a solo shot, one in the bottom of the fifth inning and one in the bottom of the seventh. There was also an A.J. Pollock home run. It was basically a total beating, aside from starting off really well on the Braves side of things with a Freddie Freeman home run in the top of the first inning, allowing Ozzy Albies to score. Um, you know, it was a bullpen day for sure. I loved seeing Joe Kelly be the one that gave up the two runs out of all the pitchers. If you told me that the Padres bullpen or the Dodgers bullpen was going to have a dominant day, at least it wasn't Joe Kelly. For those who don't know, I hate Joe Kelly. You know why I hate Joe Kelly? Because I don't like guys that throw at other guys and act like they're badasses for it. I.e., last year's little thing that he did, if you're watching the YouTube, I.e., the little like little face. I don't know what even to call that face. Was it against the Astros? Yes. Do they deserve some sort of, you know, uh, slander and do they deserve some sort of like bad things their way of course because of what they did and the fact that Major League Baseball themselves didn't really punish the Astros enough so what did you think players were going to do however I thought Joe Kelly was different when that happened I talked about this last year when it happened on the pod I'm very outspoken about it we're like if you're throwing at somebody's skull like 100 miles an hour like two consecutive pitches and that guy after the at bat is like what the heck and then you give him the little mm face as you're walking away back by the way to your own dugout like the coward that you are I just said, like, I think there's a line where it's like, guys, you don't have to, like, aim. We, the headhunting thing is not a good thing for baseball. I, I just, I'm sorry. Like, that's bad. You know what I mean? I remember the Red Sox were throwing at A-Rod, like, four times in a row because of he came back finally after the cheating thing, which was hilarious, by the way, considering that they had David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez on their teams in 04 and all that stuff. I'm not saying that's, I don't really care about steroids. I'm, I'm out. I don't care. You took them, we're great congratulations you probably made your career but i just don't care but like to the hypocrisy there was what i didn't like right and then throwing at him um i think throwing at people's heads is, is just totally messed up i did not make like madison bumgarner that dude looks always unbelievably pissed off whenever you do anything to celebrate yourself so screw that guy um and it's like oh well the counter is like, well, he that's just how he plays, man. And it's like, you don't see him celebrating or whatnot. Yes, he does. He pumps his chest a little bit. Relax. And I got an guy. Strike the guy out. That's all. That's that's my version of it, right? I remember earlier this year, Garrett Cole, um, you know, with, with the Josh Donaldson kind of discourse where he was, you know, saying he was a fraud practically uh, in all of his pitching and stuff like that. And then Michael Kay of Yankees Radio and Yankees fame is like getting on the, the, his, to, to his take box. And it's just like, yeah, if I were him next day, I'd drill him in the ribs. And I was like, no, actually, you know what you do the next day? You just strike him out and then you look at him and then you walk away. That's what you do. It's 10 times more badass. Everybody stop. I hate Joe Kelly. I'm glad that he gave up the two, home, uh, two run home run. I can't stand that guy. I just don't think there's anything like tough about being able to throw at a guy from 90 miles an hour, like from 90 uh, feet away with all your teammates behind you and then retreating to your dugout and making him a face. It's like, yeah, I don't necessarily, I, I mean, I like Correa in the sense that he's Puerto Rican, so I have to root for him constitutionally. But I just look at it and I'm like, all right, but like, does it, do we think he deserves that, that you throw at his head multiple times? Come on, man. Come on. Um, but that is in terms of the game. That was basically it. And look, I'm wondering if Chris Taylor, 
you know, he had such a big game and he's been having a really nice playoffs for this team. And honestly, he just gives you that vibe. He's batting 529. <laughs> I mean, right now, like he's, he gives you that vibe of, I'm always going to give you the little bit of a hit. I might not hit you the grand slam and the home runs, even though I did today, but I'm always going to be something. I'm going to be a tough at bat. I'm going to be right there with the pitches and all that. And you just have this feeling that he's going to come up for you and your team. I think that means something. I'm curious to see what happens with him in the offseason because I'm wondering if just because of last night, he might have earned himself a big, fatter, juicier contract. I'm wondering. I certainly am wondering, guys. But before we get into those wonders, before we talk a little bit briefly about free agency and what to expect this offseason in terms of just who are literally the candidates that are going to be free agents, guys, slow is just right if you're on vacation. A sloth or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. Ha! <laughs> You see what I did there? It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. But now, now, ladies and gentlemen, is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need all to grow in one place. It's really awesome, guys. You know, you get all sorts of stuff, visibility and control. It's just it's right there for you. What can I say? Shout out NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked on right now and get special financing at NetSuite.com slash locked on. NetSuite.com slash locked on, guys. Go check that out. And then, even more exciting, we got to talk about the best tasting best in general not even tasting tasting too but in general protein bars in all of the land guys we are of course talking about the built bars they're awesome i love these things man covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew but great variety of flavors that's the biggest thing about them right like i love how many flavors they have i just tried their blueberry muffin flavor which just came out that was really nice they have orange they have cookies and cream german chocolate my mom's that's right mama reyes her favorite, or Mama Flores, technically. It's my middle name. Mama Flores is a, a favorite flavor. Cherry Barcia. Loves Cherry Barcia. That one's great. And they probably, they have all sorts of new flavors, probably for the holiday season that are going to pop up. That's what I love about them. Always new flavors coming out. Kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars in that respect. Um, and on top of that, they're protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. Not only are Built Bars, um, you know, the best tasting, 17, 18 grams protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 130, only five, four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And guess what? If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're back, everybody. We're back. Thanks again for making Locked On Padres, hashtag Locked On Padres, your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Thank you so much. Love that. Do you see the gimmick we're going here over here at Locked On? The first listen. Hopefully I'm your first listen. Today's episode coming out a little bit late because I procrastinated so much on an article that I'm writing right now, and I'm struggling a little bit. I'm a little bit of a funk, guys. What can I tell you? In terms of creatively and what I've been able to do, a little bit of a funk. Hopefully you haven't been able to tell too much by this podcast of what I've been putting out. But anyway, guys, let's talk about free agency. So here's the thing. Let's start off by first just saying this. I said this at the top of the pod, but I want to reiterate that I, I do every year. I, I, I like doing my free agency wish list. I love talking about that. Last year, I was so dead wrong. I basically last year was like, let's buy a bunch of little pieces. That's basically my, my vibe of last year because I was like, in fairness, I didn't know how much of 2020 was legit. Of course, was I right? 
not necessarily. It's not like the guys that I recommended when this did happen were the pitchers that uh, turned out to be very good. I recommended Jake Odorizzi. I recommended Hansel Robles. Like it was, look, I had some misses last year. I, I did. I did. What do you want from me? But in fairness, I did say the Blake Snell trade. Um, and instead they did all those trades. They signed Hassan Kim. They did all these moves. And I think that there's a good chance that the Padres actually take that approach this year. I think that they look at what happened in 2020 and they say, maybe we bought in too much uh, of our success in 2020, a shortened season and spent a little bit too much, got too many different players. Granted, they weren't awful, but they weren't better. Most of them uh, speaking specifically about Blake Snell and you Darvish uh, than your average type of player that you could have gotten off the market for a lot more, and a lot less of a prospect give up. Right. So there's a whole lot of questions surrounding that. There's a whole lot of questions surrounding prospects and which ones are going to be dealt. I think they trade Eric Hosmer this off season. I don't know how I think it's possible to get rid of Mackenzie Gore, which I really think that guy has a lot of potential. I really do. I don't think it's him. I think that the big thing, if I'm a, another organization is I'm training for Mackenzie Gore and I'm even training for Chris Paddock. Obviously, this sounds like I'm pulling like the athletic piece, which was like rival executives. But I actually do mean this where I'm like, if I'm another team, I'm like, I just know we can make Paddock better than what he is now. You know what I'm saying? I know we can do better with Gore because the Padres don't clearly don't know what they're doing when it comes to the pitching side of player development. That would be me. Yes, including Paddock. You guys may be thinking, of course you want to get rid of Paddock. I'm like, no, not necessarily. It's just that I really do think that teams are going to say a 5.3 ERA guy or whatever he was this year. We can make him a 4.1. That is a plus, you know what I mean? And they probably won't take much to get him at this point or make him even better, 3.9 ERA guy. They just know he's better than what he is. And sometimes in baseball, which is a lot about having depth and procuring just a whole lot of, you know, players that can help you out in certain situations, might be all you need. But anyway, guys, let's get into it. Let's start with catchers. Some of the big catchers that are free agents this offseason. Let's start with the first one. Obviously the biggest one, 4.9 war this year, Buster Posey. Buster Posey, a club option for this season. Um, look, uh, Buster Posey's going back to the Giants. Uh, there's nothing to talk about here. He's not coming to the Padres. He's not going anywhere. They're re-signing him. He was great. Had a really nice kind of vintage Buster Posey season in a lot of ways. Everybody knows how much the Giants guys stepped up. Uh, will he be able to replicate? That's the big thing with the Giants. And I talked about a lot of this stuff with um, Mark Delucci who's an SB Nation writer and you know freelance journalist and all that. You can go check out that episode yesterday uh, over on the YouTube or on the, the feed. But we talked about how you know how much of this season is going to be replicated from the Padres or from the from the Giants. So that's going to be a big question. But what's not going to be a big question is this free agency. Mike Zunino is another one. He's 31 years old. He has a club option. I don't know exactly uh, if that'll be picked up. I'm not entirely sure. He's a little weird. That dude, he was a first overall pick back in like 2012. Um, but I do think that he is a a valuable catcher. He's he's solid. He's solid over there for what what is he where does he even play for? Well, I'm really quickly let me make sure. Yeah, he's on Tampa Bay right now, and he was an all-star this year. He hit 216 with a 301 on base, though, in total. So he's a lot better in the first half. 33 bombs, very solid. If you're looking for home run power, that's certainly be it. Can the Padres go for Mike Zanino? I think so. I think Mike Zunino gives you so much power that it'd be worth it. And this is a team that struggled mightily in that department last year, ranking in the the bottom like 20th uh, of teams when it came to slugging percentage and home runs this year. So it definitely would be something. However, his defense leaves a little bit to be desired, certainly. But I think in general, uh, a solid, solid player. Uh, Actually, he's a decent defender. What am I saying? What am I saying? He's fine. He's fine. Manny Pena. Tucker Barnhart, Christian Vasquez, Jan Gomes, Stephen Vogt, Jeff Mathis, 
some other classic names, Austin Romine, Sandy Leon, Kurt Suzuki, but that's basically it. It's not a big class for catcher. Last year, it was James McCann and JT Realmuto, who were people that, you know, people, a lot of people were excited about, and Realmuto is still very good over in Philadelphia, but he might not be exactly worth all the money he's getting. It's catcher. It's a weird position. It's not always the position I'm looking to invest in. The Padres have Luis Campizano in the wings, hopefully, uh, to eventually debut. Maybe he'll come up next year. And then you have Austin Noll, who, if he stays healthy, I think is fine. I know he doesn't give you the power of a Mike Zunino, right? And that's that's one of the cases of who would you rather have between those two. But he, you know, he's okay. He's a decent pitch framer. He can throw out runners at a decent clip. The big problem with him is he can't stay healthy and he doesn't have any power. But in my opinion, compared to what we've had before, that's okay. But I don't really see the Padres going in this direction. I actually think Jan Gomes is becoming this strangely, like, super kind of um, highly sought-after player. Right now, like a lot of like fan bases are like, yeah, give me Jan Gomes, the guy who's 34 years old. He had a 1.8 war this year. Like he's not that good. And he's had very a very up and down career. He's had moments where everybody thought this was the next best hitting power catcher. He's had a couple playoff moments. But my thing is this guy's James McCann. He's a guy that a lot of teams think is going to be better. And just because he had a decent season that he's a solid little pickup. And my thing is. A lot of people expect a lot from James McCann, and it was like, this guy's never really been that good before, absent one season. So in my opinion, Jan Gomes is uh, James McCann. So don't really like that as a pickup. And then the interesting thing here, which a lot of Padres Twitter has been grasping onto, is first base. Freddie Freeman, Brandon Belt, Yuli Gurriel, Anthony Rizzo, Brad Miller, Yoshi Tsutsuga, Ryan Zimmerman, Todd Frazier, Albert Pujols, a bunch of those guys. Um Freddie Freeman's going to be one of the biggest free agents, obviously, available. He's 32 years old. A lot of people are wondering, oh, well, he's cool with Tatis, right? The two of them, they're really cool with each other and whatnot. He loves, you know, his kid is such a big fan of Freddie Tatis Jr. I wouldn't read too much into that. Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I think uh, Freddie Freeman would be a... I, I don't like that idea of bringing him over to San Diego. I understand that if you get rid of Hosmer, you have a lot more free of a salary, and then maybe you go side and Freddie Freeman. I understand that, but he's 32. He deserves the shot, but I'm just saying I, I'm a little hesitant. Didn't we just learn that going a little bit all in on this team as currently constructed might not be? The best case scenario for those who are wondering why I took off my glasses, they're a little bit dirty, so I'm cleaning them right now. Um, I just feel like that much of a commitment. Do we want to do that again? We just got out of it with Hosmer. And I'm not saying Freddie Freeman doesn't deserve it. Eric Hosmer, I think you could argue, never deserved it. But I don't know if I want to put the team in that much of a situation where you're committed to that much money for one guy, especially what we've learned. You know, We already have Machado on the books for a long time, who's great. Don't get me wrong. Tatis is on the books for a long time. Hosmer, like I just... We learned maybe we should have learned our lesson with Will Myers. Like, I just feel like it's baseball guys. I think he can, you know, keep it up for a while. But I'm just saying, we see all the time in baseball that guys peak, they get paid and are only good for two years, and then they're more of an albatross for the rest of their career. Is Freddie Freeman that? Is he Hall of Fame quality? Is he a Max Scherzer who's going to be good throughout the entirety of his contract? Maybe. But in my opinion, that's not the direction to go. In my opinion, if you have to, pick up a Brad Miller if you want for cheap. If you're not feeling great about the rest of the depth on the team, he's not going to cost really all that much. And he can play multiple positions. And for the Phillies, he has some big hits for that team this year. I know that his war isn't that impressive 1.8 and he's 32 years old, but I don't know. I said this last year that I was interested in Brad Miller. I think he could play a little bit better for the Padres. That's just me. And he really wouldn't cost all that much. It wouldn't be as much of a commitment, even if it's not as flashy, right? Moving on now to second base really quickly. It's taken me a while to get through these. Maybe I should have saved this uh, topic for the entirety of an episode. We're only going to talk about it very briefly, though. Marcus Simeon's the biggest one here. 
That's really the only thing. Cesar Hernandez is okay. Luri Garcia, Donovan Salvano, who's actually low-key a decent player too. Uh, 34 years old though, which makes you a little bit hesitant. Josh Harrison, not too bad. A guy that I wanted the team to trade for at the deadline. He wouldn't be too bad if they want to go in the buy-low kind of uh, frame of things. Shout out Eric Sogard, who's a free agent, former MLB, face of MLB. You guys remember that? It was a Twitter bit where people were just tweeting out their support. Eric Sogard won face of MLB because the fans just wanted him to win. And it was very silly and ridiculous, obviously. Um, but Marcus Simi is the biggest one. I said this so many times on the show. The Oakland A's are an example. Talk about this with Mark Delucci of why baseball's messed up. They couldn't give him a contract more than one year, despite almost literally wanting the, winning the MVP in 2019. Instead, he goes and signs for the Blue Jays one year, $18 million or whatever it was, and then he just mashes. Absolute monster this year with the amount of home runs he hit. Broke the record for home runs among second basemen in a single season. He was incredible. Very solid glove as well. I don't think he really has a place on the Padres, though. He's a second baseman shortstop. I'm pretty sure we're covered there. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, I will say this about free agency. If the DH comes to the NL next year, which everybody is treating it as fact, I hope that it does. I really, really do. And I think it's more likely than not. That means that you can technically sign any one of these players. You know what I mean? Because you can just put them at DH and vice versa. You know what I mean? You can put the guy who we currently have at second base, Cronenworth, at DH, whatever. I wouldn't do that because he's a great defender. But you get my drift, right? Um, I think that that's a really exciting thing about all this is that there's a lot more maneuverability with signing free agents this offseason. At least that's just me. But Marcus Simeon, I'm very curious to see where he goes. But I think overall, I think the Blue Jays are keeping him. I think they're running it back. I think they know they were close. I think they know they have a little bit of prospect ammo to maneuver and what have you. And that some guys like your – what's that one guy's name? utility infielder for them. I forgot his name. Uh, we'll do a lot better this year. And I think that they'll be good. I, I really do. I think that they're going to resign everybody, but we'll have to see third base. Third base is fun. Third base is very, very fun this year. You've got Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Seeger, Chris Bryant, Eduardo Escobar, Wilmer Flores, Jonathan VR, Matt Duffy, blah, 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 blah. Basically it for the big names, right? Jose Ramirez has a club option that I imagine they'll take. Um, unless they decide to, ow, I bit my tongue, uh, trade him in some way. I don't see them doing that, even for Cleveland, which is a team that has not tried whatsoever for the past, like, since 2016, basically. Uh, Since they made the World Series, all they've been doing is trading guys. I actually think at some point, um, you have to be like, all right, like, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to keep at least one guy so we can at least get the fans that they'll still be invested in some way. Nolan Arenado, he can opt out. I'm not sure he would, though. Kyle Seeger has a club option. Not a bad player, Kyle Seeger. Really not that bad. I mean, he's he had a lot of home run power this year. So if the Padres are looking for that, if they just want a DH, not the worst option. It probably won't cost you too much. He's 34 years old. You can sign him to like a two-year deal or what have you, maybe like an average annual value of like 8 mil or something like that. I don't think you have to give too much. His on-base stuff was terrible, I know. But if he can just kind of update that a little bit, maybe in a little bit better and more protective of a lineup that the Padres have, in theory – uh, maybe he could up his on-base percentage above 300, and he could just hit bombs. Like I said, the Padres need some power, and that's where they should search, be searching for, and I don't think it would cost much. Chris Bryant, I think he's resigning with the Giants. I really do. Um, we'll see. It would be, I wouldn't be devastated, like unbelievably shocked if the Giants decide to not spend too much money and they sell it to the fans. Like I talked with Mark about being like, well, we were already good. We don't have to spend too much more. I could see him doing that, but I don't think they will in this case, guys. I really don't. And then lastly... Um, actually 
no, no. Yeah. Lastly, let's talk about shortstops. It is the year of the shortstop among free agents. A lot of big name players. Angelton Simmons being the biggest one. No, I'm just kidding. Screw that guy. Uh, there's Carlos Correa, who's currently still in the playoffs. Trevor Story, Corey Seager, who's also currently still in the playoffs. And Javi Baez. All of these guys, I'm fascinated to see where they go. I want to see if the Cardinals pick up a shortstop. I want to see if Trevor Story, what exactly is his market going to be? Because pre, you know, heading into the season, it was a lot bigger, and the Rockies didn't trade him, so they're kind of dumb. I think he's going to leave. I think he'll sign a pretty decent, juicy deal. Good glove. Yes, his power might not play the same way, but he's a solid player at the minimum that I think is worth giving a decent contract, even if he is 29. Very curious to see where he goes. And Javi Baez, who baseball fans love to say, overrated. It's like, okay, yeah, a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But like, relax. Just chill out. Just chill out. I get that he's a little bit overrated, but he's a solid player. Decent glove. Have some pop, obviously. As long as he can, you know, maybe cut down the strikeout rate a tad, that'd be very nice. He's definitely going to be a decent pickup for teams, at least in my opinion. Just don't expect a superstar, and then you'll be fine. And the same kind of goes for Corey Seager, who famously, uh, not a good defender, even though we don't bash him for it. The Dodgers fans love bashing Tatis. But before we get into kind of the the last part of this, guys, because I've been talking a lot about free agency already, um, let's talk about – what do we want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? What do we have to talk about here? Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Betting. Bet online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, obviously, to football to baseball, to hockey, to UFC, to MMA. They got you covered on all sorts of things, guys. All the props and bets over at Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Woo-wee! <laughs> What's up, guys? We're back here. Lockdown Padres. Acting a little bit mad. Um, because, to be honest with you, maybe I should have uh, expected... Uh, that this is going to last a long time talking about all free agents. But we just finished talking about shortstops. And in fairness, outfield, not that interesting to me, uh, to be honest with you, uh, this this offseason. In terms of, like, if you're just a baseball fan, I, I, I am interested. I'm interested in everything. Look, as as in deep, in depth I am with baseball, like, I care about all these guys for the most part. Even some of the guys I didn't mention that were free agents, I'm interested to see where they go. Um, but there's not, like, necessarily any huge enormous big names but a lot of really solid ones um especially some ones that are meme worthy uh if you know what i'm saying guys biggest one out of left field mark canna solid player he's 33 though i don't know if exactly that'd be somewhere that the padres aim for but he's similar into the fact he's similar in respect to uh robbie grossman who i wanted the padres to trade for where i was like look i actually think that robbie grossman is very undervalued and I think that his defense is not, it leaves a little bit to be desired, but he's got a great walk rate. He doesn't swing at outside pitches. If you're looking for on base and decent pop, that might play better than places like Detroit that you go for Robbie Grossman. Mark Hanna, a little bit similar in that respect. He's a much better defender. So he's probably the top left fielder available. Kyle Schwarber, who made all the headlines this year. He'd been doing well for the, the Red Sox in the postseason, at least for the most part. He's one here. He has a mutual option, though, with the Red Sox, which I'm very curious to see how that plays out. He's 29, though. 29, only 29 years old. I could see him getting not a big chunky deal, but an okay one. I'd be very curious to see where he goes. Maybe he gets you that like kind of front-ended deal where he gets you a lot at the beginning. Um, money-wise, he he costs a lot, but then later on, not as much. I'd be very curious to see how that happens. Eddie Rosario, who I think because of the playoffs, might have at least earned himself 
uh, a flyer from another team. I think other teams were just going to be like, oh, no, nope, no, thank you. Uh, but he's got really great power for sure. And he's Puerto Rican. So, you know, I'm interested in him. Tommy Pham. Uh, yeah, he ain't coming back to the Padres, guys. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. 34 years old, 1.4 war. He just showed so many troubling tendencies. He had no pop on the ball. He swung through so many pitches that weren't necessarily wipeout pitches either. And I'd rather be seeing people strike out on stuff outside the zone and off-speed stuff instead of just straight fastballs and everything going down the middle of the plate. Yes, he has a great eye at the plate. And yes, he'll get a contract with somebody and he's worth a flyer. But I would not do it if I'm the Padres just because I think there are a lot better options out there. Not to mention, we'll have to see what happens with prospects and whatnot. You know what I mean? So I just think that Tommy Pham at 34... I mean, if they re-signed him, it would be for very little, so that'd be the bonus there, but I just don't see it. Very low outside swing percentage, but he just can't hit the ball, man. He just looked totally messed up this year. Is it possible that all the injuries, including this, the very you know, um, uh, kind of tragic stabbing at, uh, incident that he went through over the last summer, uh, maybe did that all build up to him not being able to perform as much? Maybe. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert, but I will tell you, I do not think he's coming back. Jack Peterson is a fun one. If you want to just give a, he's, he's got a mutual option though, but uh, 30, 30 years old. Wow. I thought he was actually a lot older, 30 years old. Look, he had a quote when they asked him why he's wearing a pearl necklace. And he said, it's cause I'm a bad bitch. There's no reason. There's no story behind it. And I said, yep, I would love for you to be a San Diego Padre. That'd be a lot of fun. He's not that good of a player. I think we thought he was going to be a lot better that he was going to be a power and steel guy early on in his career. That's not really the case. I'm still curious to see where he goes. Hey, as a DH, maybe? Is it possible that the Padres look in that direction? Maybe. Maybe. That's all I'm saying. Jack Peterson, one that I'd be looking at. Uh, as for center fielders, my beloved Brett Gardner, he's got a player club option. Uh, he's not the top center fielder available, but you know he had a great second half of the season. But honestly, I think he's retiring. I think that he wants to stay with the Yankees. He's kind of like the last guy from that 09 team that won. I think he retires there. And you guys know, talked about it before. Go look it up if you want. My podcast with Stacey Gatsoulias, um, talking about why I love Brett Gardner. He's one of my favorite baseball players ever. It's a long story, but I think you'll enjoy that. Um, I think he retires, though, before he goes somewhere else. Uh, Starling Marte and Chris Taylor, the biggest ones that are going to be available. Starling Marte, one of the best players in all of baseball in the second half, and basically one of the best players since the second half of last season in 2020. He's been awesome. Uh, he got traded to Oakland, but now he's a free agent. Where does he go? I Look, I'm not saying that I want the Padres to get him. I'm just saying he could be fun. You know what I mean? I'm just saying he could be a fun addition to this squad. How would they maneuver him around with the crowded outfield that they've got? I don't know necessarily, but I'm just saying it'd be fun. It'd be fun. But 33 years old, I'm very curious to see how much he gets. He's clearly going to get more than Chris Taylor, but Chris Taylor, if I'm a team right now, I bet you he gets like five years, like 80 million or something like that. Right? Like five, maybe not 90 million, but like, I think he gets that. I really do. I think that he's going to get that. I think that there are teams that are like, you know what? We just want this guy. He's the type of guy. I call him a Draymond Green for my NBA heads out there. He's the type of guy that you pay for sure, but don't pay him expecting to be the big star to kind of, you know, build your team around. That's all I'm saying. Very solid player, very good player, but I smell a whole lot of, you know, at 31 years old, I don't smell Ellsbury when he was a free agent, Jacoby Ellsbury, who went who then signed with the Yankees. That's not what I smell here. But I do say, do not, if you're a team that's a little bit talent deprived, deprived, do not sign this guy. That's what I would say. So your Marlins, your Rockies, your Diamondbacks, all those type of teams, I don't think that's the right direction to go. And I don't want the Padres to get him because he's a Dodger. And screw Dodgers. You know what I mean? Forget them. Forget them. Uh, In terms of right fielders, 
Nick Castellanos is the biggest one here. He can opt out, and he definitely is going to. He had a very solid season at 30 years old. He's going to get a decent contract. I'm curious where. Not a great defensive player necessarily, but uh, he's a meme king, obviously. A drive into center field or left field, and then I'll make it a 4-0 ball game, that whole thing. Uh, love Nick Castellanos. He's very, very fun. Obviously, Garcia, mutual option, 31 years old. I think the Brewers are going to try and retain him. Elite defensive player and a solid bat. He had like 20-something bombs this year. So he was very, very solid. I'd love if the Padres could get their hands on him. More so, honestly, than starring Marte because I think it costs a whole lot less than starring Marte. And to a degree, Chris Taylor, just because of the playoff thing. So I'd love Avicelio Garcia, but I don't know exactly where he'd go. What I do like, though, is Michael Conforto. 29 years old. He's coming off of a really good 2020 and 2019. He's got a lot of pop, really good plate discipline for, for the most part. Not as much this year. I know it wasn't as much this year, but... I think he's a solid player, man. I'd love to get that guy. Maybe he won't be the best defender in the world, but put him at DH. He might be my number one acquisition target for the Padres this offseason, or at least one of the top tier ones. Honestly, I think that he would make a really good bat. I think it was an off year. Some of his BABIP stuff, some of his fly ball and walk rate stuff just didn't add up. It didn't make sense. It's not like there was a hard hit rate decline. It's not like he wasn't barreling the ball more or less and what have you. Like I just, I, I think that it was just a little bit of an off season. Hey, we just talked about Chris Taylor. Go look at Chris Taylor, and I think it was 2019. He had an off year. He really did. And then, look, he bounced back. It was clearly just an off year. This can happen sometimes. And I think Conforto's got that talent, even if he's got some other questions, you know, not getting vaccinated and all that stuff, that whole thing that people made a meme out of. Um, I think Conforto at 29 could be a very decent ad and a nice bargain bin guy. And we know that our boy AJ Preller is a lot better when it comes to bargain bin sort of deals, at least usually, uh, than he is with the big ones. So I'd be very, very, very interested in Michael Conforto. Adam Duvall is another interesting one. Charlie Blackman is also there. Cole Calhoun, Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is another one I'd really like. If we're getting the DH, bargain bin, Jorge Soler. I love that. He is 30 years old, and I know he wasn't that great this year, but he bounced back for the Braves to an extent, was a lot better for them in the second half, and I like his pop. If you need home runs, there you go. And he probably isn't going to cost that much. And he's not too old. Really like that as an addition for the Padres too. Don't care about Blackman at all. Terrible defensive player. And his hitting doesn't make up for it anymore. And then Adam Duvall, solid player. But you get a little bit more value out of him when he's in the outfield. He's he's a very capable defensive player. And I don't think necessarily the Padres have room for him there. Um, And then lastly, DH, Nelson Cruz, J.D. Martinez, Mitch Moreland, Derek Dietrich, Chris Davis with a K. Uh, uh, not much here. Can't wait to see what else Nelson Cruz goes. And JD Martinez can opt out. I don't know if he will though. At 34 years old, especially after the season, I think he's probably going to opt in with the Red Sox. And then finally, starting pitching, which we'll go through very quickly because this is obviously like kind of the biggest thing. Relief pitching is also solid, by the way. Uh, Mark Melanson has a mutual option for the team. Rizal Iglesias, Kenley Jansen's a free agent. There's some guys there for sure. Ryan Tapera, who's made some waves after making fun of the Astros this season. Um, but I think overall. The biggest thing is going to be what happens with starting pitching. Max Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Eduardo Rodriguez. Well, Trevor Bauer can opt out of his contract if he chooses. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, Robbie Ray, all of a sudden being the biggest name, arguably next to Scherzer that's available. And then you got Marcus Stroman, who's going to be a huge name. Um, you know, Alex Cobb is uh, okay. Wade Miley, low-key, had a very solid season. He could be an interesting pickup for the Padres. Uh, Tyler Anderson, Anthony Discofani, another guy that had a good season. So I think that this year's start, uh, crop of starting pitchers, so much better than last year. Last year was way more front-loaded. Marcus Stroman accepted the qualifying offer very quick last year, so that already took off arguably the second-best arm that was available last year. And now you have Scherzer, Rodon, Gosman, a lot of interesting pitchers there. 
I don't know where the Padres go. I personally like the idea of opting low and saying maybe a Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman is actually going to cost a lot more, but out of the other guys, I really, really like this guy, man. I think he's a gamer. I think he steps up big when you need him. Even though the Mets fell apart, it was not due to him. He was very good. He's got the swagger, and he looks like the type of guy that is not going to be swayed by any sort of Dodger stuff, any sort of fan stuff. I think he's going to come in there and be a beast wherever he goes. I really, really do. I think Marcus Stroman is pretty special in that respect. I just don't – I don't see him falling off. I really don't, even at 30 years old which isn't old, but you get my point. And then Wade Miley, if you just want to have some backup sort of back end rotation guy, I would go for Wade Miley. You got to be careful on the contract. He is 35, and this is kind of his first really productive season he's had in a very, very long, very, very, very long time, arguably ever. But I think he's a decent flyer for a team that feels pretty okay about their rotation but needs some backup support. So that's my thoughts, guys, on starting pitching. Just my preliminary thoughts. All right, we're going to be working on all sorts of stuff over the offseason, talking about that, guys. Um, but yeah, thanks for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Now, remember, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things next week. We're going to be talking with Stacey Gatsoulis of Lockdown Yankees, doing a bunch of crossovers, maybe with Ethan uh, Smith of Lockdown Pirates. All sorts of cool crossovers are in the works, ladies and gentlemen. That's for damn sure. But now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please. Call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Guys, the the waves don't die. The waves don't die, guys. I, again, I know I kind of rushed through all of this, and there's a whole lot of other guys to talk about. But I thought just a preliminary, my thoughts in general about the biggest free agents. I think it's an interesting free agent class. I think it's a lot better than last year. Last year was a lot more top loaded. It was shortstop's going to be fun starting pitching because of the, you know, blowups of guys like Discofani and Gosman and Robbie Ray and Marcus Stroman to an extent and even Wade Miley. Um I think because and Carlos Rodon is another one that we didn't talk about too much. I think it's going to be a whole lot more interesting. So that means there are areas for the Padres to improve even if I'm not entirely sure what their mindset heading into free agency is going to be, whether it be spending, whether it be trading away Hosmer, I'm not totally sure, but either way, you know where you can tune into, guys. Lockdown Padres, the best podcast, man. It's so good. Isn't it so good? Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend and what have you. Hopefully, you do well with football and fantasy football. I know I'm in pain right now. I might have to start DJ Dallas. Yes, Seattle's like backup running back because I have no running backs right now. Damien Williams, you punk. Damn it. <laughs> you, you jerk. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not going to play. So that stinks. So James Conner. Take me home. You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, my team's good. I'm five and one, but still, it's just frustrating. Uh, but with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Himalaya, wherever, be sure to send me some five star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And then, of course, subscribe to the YouTube, guys. Trying to get to those 100 subscribers. That would be great. We're at 74 right now, so we're close. Maybe we could get that by the time the World Series runs around. Maybe that'd be nice. Maybe that'd be nice. A little bit of a gift uh, for your boy. But anyway, guys, until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.